Shabbat Shalom. <clears throat> that projector is about done. It's very old. But we have joined the Rocky, or the, the Rock, I was going to say the Rocky Mountain Church of God, that goes way back. We're joining the Rock. Yeah, it'll shut down again. It, it comes on, that's not a problem. It goes off, that's the problem. So we've got another one coming. We're going to join them and, and buy another one. Uh, that's, you know, the newest technology out there. So we should have that up uh, hopefully by next week. So uh, please uh, bear with us today if that's kind of not working. So we'll see what happens. I plan on playing a video at the end of the service. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So today I want to talk about the fall festivals. We have Yom Teruah, the first of three, that gets kicked off next week. And so that begins next week. Don't come here. We'll be at the park. So you might want to put a note on the fridge, because you'll forget and show up here and we won't be here. So please, see us next week in the park. We're going to talk about Yom Teruah, the day of blowing. I've called this message the day of the shofar. Now this day is also known as Rosh Hashanah. This holy day was initially fulfilled the day that Jesus, the babe born in Bethlehem, became king of kings and lord of lords. And it will be consummated when King Jesus returns. It's initialized and in his return consummated. Today we're going to begin to explore the fundamental theme of this holy day the theme of the coronation of the king that's celebrated with the blowing of the shofar. So, as you know, the Father has given us a calendar that has appointed times to meet with us, times in which we congregate together, we assemble together. Let's read this in Hebrews chapter 10. The writer says in verse 19, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated, there's that word, initiate, inaugurate, versus consummation, it all began here, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart, in full assurance, having our hearts sprinkled clean, from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. And then verse 25. Not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. If you're a New Testament Christian, you're going to scratch your head on this one. And when you think of the admonition not to forsake the assembling together, you're going to think, okay, we need to get together. Small groups, lunches, you know, whatever, right? Maybe go to church on Sunday once in a while. Actually, the background to this text is well-rooted and founded. The reference to assembling together is tied to the days of assembling, 
the appointed times in which we assemble together to worship and be instructed into fellowship. Those holy days, those assemblies are already in place. That's why you can't be a New Testament Christian. You just got to be a Christian. The whole Bible from Genesis to maps. It's the whole word of God, the whole counsel of God. When Paul says, don't forget the assembling together, those assembling together appointed times are already in place. The Shabbat and the holy festivals. Those are the times that God commands us come together. Because if not, and it's up to every individual and their personal calendar, we'll never have assemblies. We're missing each other all the time. Meeting on different times in different places. It's just chaos. God has ordered our lives with his calendar. And we have appointed times in which we meet, gather together for worship, instruction, and fellowship. The Shabbat is the weekly assembly for believers. And the festivals are the annual assemblies. Leviticus 23 is where that is first outlined in the scriptures. Now, the holy days, they actually reveal the plan of salvation. When you step into the holy days, each holy day has a theme, and those themes reveal the plan of salvation. From creation, the garden, the fall, slavery in Egypt, to salvation, deliverance, restoration of what God intended for us for all eternity, those holy days tell the story of redemption. That's why when we embrace the holy days, we are being informed over and over and over of this great plan of salvation and redemption that we are experiencing. Now that plan of redemption is accomplished by one man, Yeshua the Messiah. He has come from heaven into our world to secure this plan of redemption. What that means is this. All of the holy days find their fulfillment in Jesus. Why do we keep the holy days? Because it keeps us centered in Jesus. It keeps us focused on Jesus. It honors him. It glorifies him. These are his days. Yes. I had a birthday when I was a kid. I was about four years old, maybe five. And I went around the blog. My mom got me all these little invite cards. And so I, 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 I you know, wrote, you know, come to my birthday party. I went around the block, maybe two blocks, but I passed out all of these cards and a few people came and my feelings were hurt and even the few that came didn't bring any gifts <laughs> and I thought man what a wet blanket you know I was in the back room crying my mom said what are you doing she says you know you have some people here for your birthday I said well you know no one no one really came and you know and she said no come on out come on out you know I'm thinking is that what the Lord Jesus feels like when these celebrations are all about him and his achievements and what he's done on our behalf, and, and for the most part, most of his people don't show up. I mean, what is that all about? You know, we should be showing up and celebrating, glorifying him, magnifying him, exalting him, telling the story of redemption through the holy days as they point towards him. 
This is who we are. This is what we do. The holy days, they're also identity markers. And identity issues are a big issue today, right? We are in a world that's having an identity crisis. It's just bizarro world out there. It's like, it's like the whole nation is mentally ill. I'm talking to crazies most of the time. It's like, whoa, I thought the flat earth deal was really kind of like weird. They're looking pretty kosher now, you know? This gender dysphoria thing is just out there. Okay, so the holy days are issues of identity. As we keep the holy days, the Bible says that we are marked. We are marked as belonging to the God of Israel and the God of Israel belonging to us. It's true. When you think of world religions, the holy days are identification marks. Think about this. Islam, what's their weekly worship day? Friday. If you go to church on Friday, or let's say you go to mosque, same thing, different word. If you assemble at the religious center on Friday, I would say, oh, you're a Muslim. You're, you're a Muslim, right? When you think of Catholicism and her Protestant daughters, what's their worship day? Sunday, which they say is their day. They made it. It's a man-made day. The Catholic Church admits with, with, with no shame. Uh, in fact, and sometimes it boasts that they had the authority to change the day from the seventh day to the first day of the week, the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday, because they had the authority to do so. And, and they say, that's the mark of our authority. It's, it's every, everyone that follows us, and, and, they, and they boast, the Protestants are just protesting Catholics. It's true. What do you think Protestant means? Who's protesting? Catholics were protesting the church. Leaders, leaders like Martin Luther, who was a Catholic priest, protesting the church. These are Catholics that are in protest with the church. And the Catholic Church says they actually are our brothers and sisters. They keep the mark of our authority. They keep Sunday too. They belong to us. It's an identity marker. And then you have biblical Judaism. Biblical Judaism. When you look at Jesus, the Jew, he practiced what the Bible had laid out under Moses. In fact, they called his movement later, they called his movement Messianic Judaism, the Judaism of Messiah. And, and what day do you think he established, or actually, I should say, practiced? His weekly worship day was the biblical Sabbath. And it marked him as belonging to his father and his people, and vice versa. And anyone that keeps it is marked with that. I have friends I have friends, all, they're so confused. And, and, you know, Paul calls it the mystery of the gospel because it is confusing. But because I go to church on Saturday, they're like, what, do you think you're Jewish? I'm saying, thank you. I'm not Jewish, but thank you. It is a mark of identity. Of course you're going to think I'm Jewish. Of course you're going to think that I'm part of Israel. That's, that's what it's supposed to communicate. Amen. But I'm not Jewish. I'm a Gentile. I'm grafted in. What was promised to Abraham was not only Israel, but also the nations. Yeah, so here we are. 
So these are marks of identity. And the same can be said of the annual celebrations from the month of Ramadan, where they have two major annual celebrations. And then you have Catholicism with its annual uh, celebrations. And then you have Biblical Judaism with its seven annual festivals. All marking those people as belonging to that particular group. So God has given us seven annual holy days. Three in the spring, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. We have a summer celebration called Shavuot, or for most of us, Pentecost is the Greek uh, into English. And then in the fall, we have three Yom Teruah, often called or also known as Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and then Sukkot. These holy days the Father has given to us are all about His Son Jesus. They're celebrations of Him and His work. They reveal the plan of salvation. They're full of revelation, full of purpose. Joy for the believer. Fear for the arrogant, lawless haters of truth. Fear. These holy days inspire fear. Because they're not only about salvation, but salvation as it comes down either in the form of judgment and damnation or forgiveness and reconciliation. Just depends on how you relate to the one whom they point towards. Today we're going to take a brief look at Yom Teruah. We'll jump back to Leviticus chapter 23 following the law of first reference. Let's go back to the original passage where it all starts to gain some perspective. Leviticus 23, 23 through 24. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel. And people say, oh, see, I'm not a Jew though. You don't have to be a Jew to be part of Israel. Yeah, 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 you're grafted in. That's the mystery. You're grafted in. That's why the church wrote, wrote off most of the ways of God. They were confused and thought, well, that's only for the people of God. Well, aren't you part of the people of God? Because if you're not, you're in a whole lot of trouble. You're either part of the people of God or you're not. He doesn't have two people groups. He doesn't have two wives. He's not a bigamist. Okay? One Lord, one faith, one spirit, one baptism, one law, one people, one, 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 one. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the sons of Israel. You know, it's interesting, our Torah portion today, Nitzavim, if you go and read that, it says all of you are standing here today. They were entering into a covenant. All of you are today. Your religious leaders, you know, it gives a list of categories of people in Israel. It includes, it says, and also the sojourner among you. You know, the ones that draw your water, that, that work for you and so forth. Yeah, those Gentiles, it says those Gentiles are standing there with the descendants of Jacob and all of you, the sons of Jacob and the Gentiles with them are entering into covenant with the Lord God. They prefigured the infant flux of the gentiles after pentecost they're the forerunners the type and shadow and once we as gentile gentiles who believe in jesus once we understand we're grafted in and a part of israel all of this makes sense these holy days are my holy days too yeah i'm part of israel i'm grafted in i'm a citizen of the israel of god I could go a thousand different directions. I'm so tempted. Okay. I feel like Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. You know, so little time. So much to do with so little time, right? 
So again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the sons of Israel saying, in the seventh month, on the first of the month, you shall have a rest, a reminder by blowing of trumpets or the ram's horn, a holy convocation. That's your Hebrew word for assembly. To convocate means to assemble together, okay? It's a corporate phenomenon. Can't stay in your homes. You got to come out, join with other believers in this celebration. So the three components are a day of rest and you blow shofars all day long. Blow shofars all day long. It doesn't tell us why. Somewhat a mystery. All day long. Kids love it. The child within, the adult, loves it. And that's what you do all day long. It's a corporate assembly for worship, instruction, and fellowship. Don't forget, we'll be in the park next week. Get your shofars. You say, what are I getting? You get them where you get everything else. Amazon.com. So get a shofar. Come and blow the shofars with us. Now, I want to give you the meaning of this. So the meaning isn't here. The meaning kind of unfolds throughout the generations. And if we look at the Jewish people, we're going to find that the main fundamental theme is exactly what we believe it is today. It's amazing. So within Judaism, within Judaism as represented in the Orthodox branch, there's many Judaisms. The Orthodox is the, is the, is the, the group of, of Jews who um, really hold high the sacred text and, and tradition as well, but they have a great value for the sacred text. This is what they say. This is from Chabad.org, probably the largest branch within Orthodox Judaism. Quote, the fundamental theme of Rosh Hashanah Yom Teruah, the fundamental theme of Rosh Hashanah is the coronation of God as king over us. As king over us. He's many things. One of those is he's king over creation. Let me go on. It is, quote, a coronation is a solemn and awe-inspiring ceremony and the holy trembling in every Jew's heart at the onset of the days of awe goes far beyond fear of punishment. The specific term for this feeling is, I'll try to get this right, Yerat Haro Mamut, translated awe of God's grandeur. He's a king, he's a majesty. He's king of kings and lord of lords, right? The ultimate king. And this inspires a fear stemming from each Jew's contemplation of his personal role in the king's coronation. Did you catch that? The coronation of the king engages his people. They're involved in that. They celebrate that. They're there as a witness to that. And they each have a personal responsibility in that coronation. How many people saw the coronation of king of England? What's his name? King Charles, I'm sorry. King Charles of England. Did you see the coronation? How many people did not see it? How okay, go home and watch that. I, I'm, I'm asking you as your pastor, go home and watch that. Actually, actually watch the full authorized video of that. Oh, I cannot, I, I'm just thinking, we're over here a bunch of rebels. You know, no one's a king. 
We're all deplorables. Or everyone's a king. We're all equal as kings. That's America. It's unbelievable. You know, we, 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 you know if, if King Charles came in this room, what would most of us do? We'd, yeah, we'd keep sitting. We'd look at him. Look, you know, we'd probably call him Charles. We wouldn't call him Your Majesty. We'd say Chuck or something. Because we're Americans. Yeah, we kind of do that with Jesus too. Yeah, he's my elder brother. I'm a brother too. No, he's king of kings and lord of lords. You know, you know I'm telling you, when, when Jesus comes in the room, stand up, get up, get up. Bow to the king, kneel, lay down, worship him. Lest in his wrath you perish in your sin. Now, that's a picture of Jesus we don't talk about most often. We, we, we tend to go, you know, the lamb of God. Want to pet him? He's cuddly. He loves us. Yes, he does, but he's also a king. He's also a king. And Yom Teruah is about Yeshua as king of kings and lord of lords, not the Lamb of God. That's, that's Passover. So we're getting different aspects of who Jesus is in the holy days. So, we, we part ways with the Orthodox in one, in one way. We go on to say that even though the creator of the universe, even though God is king over all, he has stepped aside and he has installed on his throne a new king, his son, and he has given him his scepter and the right power and authority to rule and reign in his place over all creation. That's Psalm 2. We'll get to that in a moment. We would also extend an invitation to this holy day, its meaning and experience to every Gentile, not just the Jews. God is not the God of the Jews only, as Jeremiah says, but to the Gentiles who were promised to Abraham too. We'd say to the Gentiles, you're welcome. And by the way, you have a responsibility in the coronation of the king. You have a part in this beautiful celebration. What are you doing to acknowledge and honor your king who has become king over all? You see, we memorialize this holy day by keeping it and celebrating it in honor of Yeshua, the Messiah, the babe born in Bethlehem who would become king over all, over all in heaven and on earth. This is the thrust, the theme, the fundamental idea in the festival of Yom Teruah. Now, I think next week, or maybe what I'll do is maybe at the park, I'll go down through Psalm chapter 2, which actually gives us a great depiction of the one that God coordinated as king over all. It's a messianic passage. It's about the Messiah. And, and that, for us, is Yeshua the Messiah. We know he is the Messiah. So we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but I want, to, I want to do, I think, um, you know what, let me just, I got a little bit of time. So Psalm 2. I'm going to blaze down through this pretty quick. The Son of God is installed as king over all. It starts out with this. Why are the nations in an uproar? Are they in an uproar today? Are they? Yeah. 
Why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand. The rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, let us tear their fetters apart, cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, but as for me, I've installed my king upon Zion. God says, I've installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. That is ancient Near Eastern uh, uh, phraseology for the coronations of kings. This phrase, you are my son, today I've begotten you, is the coronation of a new king. You say that over a new king. Most of the new kings were the sons of the king that was retiring. And they would say, you are my son today, right? Today I have birthed you as a king over the people. Psalm 2.8, ask of me, I will surely give the nations as your inheritance. Not just Israel, all the nations become his. The very ends of the earth is your possession. Verse 9, and you shall break them with a rod of iron. I think I'll send that to our Congress, to our president, to a few others around the nation, right? Around the world. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Now, therefore, O kings, O kings of the earth, O kings, show discernment, take warning, O judges of the earth, worship the Lord in reverence and rejoice with trembling. Why? Verse 12, do homage to the Son, that he not become angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. King Jesus, angry? Yeah. People going to perish in his anger? Yeah. Those who hate him and have hurt his people. Now, the prophet Isaiah prophesies concerning the Messiah. He says he's going to be born of a virgin. It's an amazing set of prophecies that Isaiah gives us. I'm going to give you just a few of them. Isaiah 9, 6. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government referring to the kingdom of God, the government, the rule and reign of God, right, will be given to him. It'll rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. This is a child who becomes king. The babe born in Bethlehem becomes king of kings and lord of lords. It's the, ulti it's the ultimate story from Rags to riches, if you will. Who would have guessed that the babe in Bethlehem, born of a virgin, would become king of kings and lord of lords? Isaiah 9, 7, there will be no end to the increase of his government, no end to the increase of his kingdom. His rule and reign grows and grows and grows. More and more people are stepping into it until it overtakes the world. In fact, the kingdoms of the world ultimately become his kingdom. He is Lord of Lords. He is King of Kings. The end of this uh, uh, um, verse 7 says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at the birth story, especially for Sukkot. 
Suffice it to say, Jesus was the babe born in Bethlehem who later would be exalted and crowned king over all. Now I'm going to jump all the way down, jump all the way down to slide 83, because I'm out of time. Slide 83. It says in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 5, to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son, today I've begotten you. Yeah. Jesus is the one and only King of kings, the Lord of lords. There'll never be a new one. He ultimately is going to give his kingdom back to his father in the age to come. For the time being, he is the babe who became king over all. In conclusion, in Messiah, these days are for you and your family. We'll celebrate the coronation of our king this next week. It all began with his birth over 2,000 years ago. In Messianic Judaism, and that's what we partake in, Yom Teruah proclaims, for a child has been born to us, a son has been given to us, one who has become King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus, the Messiah. Proclaim, proclaim, proclaim. You, you were trumpets. You're, you're supposed to use your voice, the sound of your voice, and proclaim the glory of who Jesus is. Not just the Savior of the world, but King of kings and Lord of lords. Invite, invite, invite people to Yom Teruah. Invite your friends. Tell them to come out and celebrate uh, the memorial given to Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords. You know, I, I skipped over some passages that are important. I might have to go back and look at those. Maybe I'll do that next week. But suffice it to say, for Paul and Pauline theology, it starts in Acts, but, but Paul really develops it quite well. Um, it states clearly that Jesus, in his resurrection, ascended into heaven, and in heaven received the throne, the power, the glory, the scepter, to rule forever and ever. The coronation of King Jesus took place in his ascension. Paul says in his ascension, it fulfilled Psalms 2, where it says, today I have begotten you. Speaks, it, it, it qualifies Psalms 2 as being fulfilled in Jesus in his ascension. Jesus was coronated at that time. Yom Teruah recognizes and celebrates the coronation of King Jesus during the fall festivals. So invite people. Use your social media, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you use. Just give the link to our fall festivals so they can get the information to come to the park and celebrate with us. But share the light of God that has been given to you don't hide it under a bushel basket. Share with your friends, your, your, your family, your neighbors, right? And let's celebrate Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords. Shabbat shalom.